2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy our brother, to the church of God that is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope is for you, our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope, that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Great intro. Great intro. (laughs) We got Second Corinthians that we're about to get through. Uh, a wonderful letter by Paul mm-hmm. to the church in Corinth. You know, we did First Corinthians pretty recently, and one of the things we talked about a lot is Corinth and Atlanta have a lot in common. It was this melting pot. It was like very much a meritocracy, basically meaning like your worth and standing in society was very much like who do you know, what do you do, what do you have um, based. And so materialism, selfish ambition, um, injustice, like all these themes are very prevalent in first Corinthians. Um, and, and in fact, Paul, you know, attacks a lot of these head on mm-hmm. and Paul has a very interesting relationship with the church in Corinth. Mm. So just to give a little brief context, you know, there's actually a lot of clues within first and second Corinthians that tell us that these are not at all the only two letters that Paul wrote to them, but, Second Corinthians is, it, it's kind of the things are looking up letter mm-hmm. because in first Corinthians, he's confronting a ton of issues out of love, but he's confronting a ton of issues and there's actually a deep rift between Paul and the Christians in Corinth. A lot of them, because, you know, Paul, he basically fathered this church. He, he kind of planted it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then as the church grew you know, other more impressive preachers and church leaders got involved. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, who cares about little old Paul anymore? And there actually began to be a lot of animosity towards Paul. You know, he was, he worked with his hands. He was often homeless. He, you know, uh, was not a great public speaker and was just generally undignified in a lot of ways. And so it, it, they basically do to Paul, like, as if we at Christ's covenant, you know, like Jason, 
was kind of like the planting pastor of Christ's covenant. And, you know, he's been here for the whole time. And if a bunch of us were just like, have you seen like the truck that these drives? Have you like been to his house? Like, I don't know, this other guy, um, you know, I've been to like, Jerry has this massive house in East Cobb and like uh, drives a Tesla and Mm -hmm. he's an awesome speaker. And I mean, we see this in the American church all the time. Like Mm -hmm. we, we love leaders. We love leaders who are impressive. And, you know, it's why when somebody becomes like when a celebrity becomes a Christian, we immediately give them more of a platform than somebody who's been doing like faithful ministry and study for 30 years Mm -hmm. because we love novelty and we love novelty and leadership. And so Paul confronts that. And then the Corinthians, sorry, I'm not trying to belabor this, but uh, Paul confronts that the Corinthians write back to him, uh, presumably, and or go to him seeking reconciliation. And so this letter is Paul rejoicing in that. Mm -hmm. It's Paul reconciling and, and kind of laying out all the terms with them. And then it, it's going to end with this call towards the the people who are still resisting reconciliation. So this is a happy letter. Mm-hmm. And it, it starts in a happy way. The God of all comfort mm-hmm. who comforts us in our afflictions. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of like this catching up, you know, talking about the time in Asia and, you know, magnifying God's grace in mm-hmm. their sufferings mm-hmm. and the hope that they share in God who raises the dead. Mm-hmm. So brief um, you know, probably shoddy flyover of Second Corinthians. That's Jay, super helpful, I think. Jerry, what are thank you? What are your thoughts on uh on this? Well, I passage? love how you like kind of laid that out too, because it like it it does kind of help us to see a little more clearly the the paradoxical nature of like just what Paul is talking about too, because he is like just kind of talking about his sufferings. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Like, what what is like in the biblical witness, the role of like the suffering of God's people for like the advance of God's purposes. Mm-hmm. And cause it just comes up a lot and he's like even talking about it now. And like, even to your point of like how we view faithful leaders and ministry and like, yeah, like a celebrity, someone comes to faith. We like want to elevate them and like hear yeah. from them, how we can have a great life and all this kinds of stuff. But like Paul is talking about his sufferings mm. <laughs> and we just don't, see suffering on display that much yeah but he is putting his suffering on display not saying like you need to go out and suffer some more like that's never the tone but he is always pointing to his suffering and talking about it and the kind of work that he's doing is leading to sufferings but the whole point of it all is that he like is saying you need to hope in god who raises the dead (laughs) like Mm -hmm. this is where your ultimate hope needs to be and, and that is what an interesting way to start a letter of like reconciliation. It's like not about him that much. <laughs> it's ultimately about this God who raises the dead. He's the one we should have our hope in. And then he asks for prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you need to, you need to help us by prayer. And so he's, he's very much back to the mission in a sense, um, as he's, as you say, like restoring their relationship and kind of talking to them about that. Mm-hmm. But it, it, those are the things that stand out to me is that he's, at least the way he seems to be inviting that is like, so like, start praying for us again, you know, help us in prayer. Uh, and even that is like, 
for the purpose of um, people giving thanks for the blessings granted to us through the prayers of many. So again, magnifying God mm-hmm. um, and God's work in, in in their lives, and that's that's ultimately what Paul wants um, mm. through all the churches is to like magnify God, yeah, um, through their lives and their ministries. So, absolutely, uh, you know, he talks about his time in Asia, which is an interesting little thing, and just to add a little clarity there that's actually cross-reference straight to acts 19 uh which is aptly titled paul in ephesus so you know ephesus if you didn't know is in asia so the letter to the ephesians um you know kind of certain and then timothy who is sort of the co-author of this book um was sent by paul to ephesus and so very central in paul and timothy's ministry and he talks about that their affliction and suffering in that time in asia in acts 19 was so severe we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself mm-hmm. and you know you can do your odr homework and read acts 19 and basically it's they're they're faced with stark opposition in the synagogue and uh, people speaking evil of the way and then in first corinthians uh, 15 he also references this time of when he he wrestled with beasts in ephesus mm-hmm. and so uh apparently a very you know landmark time in paul's ministry of suffering but what i love about how he speaks of suffering here you know he he says that if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a helpful bit of theology and how we think about suffering as Christians, um, you know, especially persecution. Mm-hmm. But I think this applies to suffering as a whole is there's, there's a unique union with God and communion with God that we experience when we suffer mm-hmm. righteously mm-hmm. and there's a unique communion with other believers mm-hmm. that we experience and have access to mm-hmm. when we're suffering because it draws us together into the hope that we share mm-hmm. you know hard times point us to the light mm-hmm. and the the worldly earthly things that distract us the internal things that distract us the mental things that distract us become much less um you know problematic in the light of suffering mm-hmm. and so i think that as we consider second corinthians as this letter of reconciliation and moving forward and healing this is the groundwork is this god of comfort and this shared hope is the foundation from which we can actually reconcile with other believers mm-hmm. and so i think like in a practical sense like with that the like armed with that theology you know mm-hmm. this understanding again that the christian life is not like it's not a life of comfort per se <laughs> it mm. actually is a life of comfort yeah granted that we share in christ's sufferings we share abundantly in comfort too mm-hmm. um so i hope that everyone who's hearing this just is committed to the things that i think paul was committed to which is Knowing God's word, loving it, reading it, proclaiming it. Yeah. If you do that, I think you're going to suffer <laughs> Yeah. in some ways. 
loving God's people, if you love one another in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a sacrificial way, if you, if you committed to God's word, proclaiming God's word particularly, um, you love God's people and you pursue the, the lost and the suffering and the hurting in the world. Mm-hmm. If you do those things, there's going to be like righteous suffering, I think, that comes your way in different ways. But just know that like whatever measure of suffering that is, like Christ has suffered greater and but even more so you're sharing in his sufferings and we know that God raised him from the dead. It's mm-hmm. like it's it's a very logical thing actually to yeah. like to believe in the resurrection. Absolutely. Because you know God raised him from the dead. Mm-hmm. And if you're suffering righteously, you're suffer you're sharing in Christ's sufferings. Mm-hmm. And so you have this hope that you will be raised. There's abundant comfort for you. Mm-hmm. Um and and so be committed to proclaiming the word, loving other believers and seeking the lost. And uh I think the Lord is going to to bless you truly with abundant comfort. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm I'm reminded um last night at Young Adults we sang the song Christ Be Magnified, which mm. is wonderful. And the bridge, uh, I'm just reminded of these words. I won't be formed by feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true. If the cross brings, brings transformation, and I'll be crucified with you because death is just a doorway into resurrection life. And if I join you in your sufferings, then I'll join you when you rise. Mm-hmm. Those are just awesome words to to meditate on. And, you know, I often talk about with our worship teams and in pre-service meetings and stuff all the songs that we sing will be forgotten one day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's be thou my vision or like a new song, like all, all of the songs of earth will fade away one day. You know, all the sermons will be lost, but God's word that's hidden in all of them mm-hmm. will be planted in his people's hearts and will abide in our hearts for all of time. That's right. And so that's a great song. And that's just carrying these words and mm-hmm. this idea that um, we have a God of all comfort who we we suffer in, yet we still rest in his comfort, mm-hmm. um, knowing that, you know, it, it bears the fruit of resurrection mm-hmm. and redemption. Mm-hmm. So a great promise to go forward. And I'm excited to continue on in Second Corinthians. So for Jeremy Brooks, this is Will Carlisle. We will see you tomorrow, nowhere else, but on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.